Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. We are enjoying being um, into the springtime of our lives now after this horrendous winter. And it reminds me of how some people go through life and they're like, it's so great to get a breather after you've been struggling with something in your life so long. And that's where we are with the weather, uh, at least for me. I'm with my good colleague, Kat Larson. Kat, how are you? Morning, Taylor. Are you also um, coming out of the oh, yes. winter? Oh, it's been beautiful here, actually. We took a hike. We have some friends in town. We took a hike yesterday, and we have so much snow that we, this hike that we went on, we probably saw 11 waterfalls that were just roaring. Really? Just oh, that, it's that, amazing. That is terrific. Like that's just, yeah, it, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. And you know, yes. after you've had a more difficult winter, you are more appreciative of being able to yes. get out and to hike yes. and enjoy, right? Oh my gosh. So it's, it's been. Especially for, for I, I think, you know, it's, I like the coziness of when it's like the winter yeah. when it's cold. Yeah. And then it's like about January 14th. I'm like, great summertime. Right. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's interesting about that. I, when you're struggling, we had so much snow this year. I mean, it was just horrendous that you start to realize that people in the Midwest have tornadoes. Like, oh. okay, so you, I mean, it's one of the best ways I've decided to deal with life's challenges are to appreciate that there are others that are in worse conditions and often yes. better about it. Like they see it for what it is in a much more positive light. And yes. I, want us to, I want us to talk about that dynamic in terms of relationships, like are we able to put perspective around our challenges? Are we able to see them in a positive light as opposed to feeling victimized by them? Hmm. Because when I, when I deal with people that are struggling with like trauma, it's so interesting how some people get buried as victims in it, almost like they invite more trauma into their life. And then there are others who see it in a different perspective. They see it differently and therefore it does not own them the same way. So I would like our listeners to think about like the three most trying things in your life, the three most difficult traumas you have experienced. It could be um, abuse. It could be um, an in-law. It could be a particular child. It could be a marriage. It could be any number of things that you could just think back and say, that really was hard. That was not easy for me. And if you don't have any, then I think you're missing out on kind of what life's about, which is you're supposed to experience the good and the bad and be able to experience how to manage both, to experience right. both and experience them well. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I'd like our listeners to think about that uh, for a minute. And then I would like us to go forward in terms of how do you best deal with trauma or challenges in your life? that can either hold you back or pivot you differently in a positive direction? And what traits do you have to have or skills to navigate that? Mindset, for example, is a big mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting. I was working with a company recently, and the owner is, uh, I think the thing I love most about this man is he truly cares about his people. Like they matter to him. And it's what I was sharing with uh, the audience last time when I came back from UAE, uh, mm -hmm. United Arab Emirates, that the sheikh there was so committed to his people mm -hmm. that, that that was a priority of his power and his leadership, not his own aggrandizement. Mm 
And I feel the same way about this man who runs this company uh, that I consult with, that he cares about those around him. And he's always about uplifting, always about making it better, not critical, negative, woe is me. And it's interesting what he said to me, Kat, was he goes, you know, it's hard. I can deal with lawsuits. I can deal with the other issues of just owning a business. And there are plenty. What I struggle with are when people pull each other down in our company. When people make it difficult for other people in the company to feel good about themselves and succeed. And, you know, what I like about that is because he's the top dog, he does create a chemistry and a culture that values that. But there are those in the culture that don't. They don't, right. they don't understand that dynamic. They're insecure. They're too needy. They feel hurt themselves. So why would they worry about not hurting you? Those kinds of people can be damaging to a culture and to a company and certainly to the bottom line. So nobody wins in that scenario. But I'd like, I'd like us to think for a minute, what are the things you need to have to get over trauma and mm-hmm. get on with your life, not be stuck? So one thing I think is perception. Like if you have a mindset that you should not be challenged in life, that life should be easy, then when life's not easy, you are already unexpecting like what you're dealing with. So you don't think it's fair. It doesn't feel right. You seem to feel like I'm the victim here. I'm being beat up or, or treated poorly. And I think if you have a mindset that goes, no, life is about challenges and how to overcome them. Right. That's a much healthier way to go about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do. When when you're talking about that perspective, um, I have a question here because I think a lot of times when you're talking to people or even myself in my own life, like, mm-hmm. do you go, do you say, is it important why I have my perspective or do I check in and say, if positive mindset is where I want to be, Right. Does it matter how I got negative? Just like, what does it take to have a positive mindset? And should I check that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I do think it's a choice and a decision. I think some people come by it more naturally than others. There there are people that just immediately click into what can we do about this? How can we make it work? And then there are others that need to wallow for a minute. They need to feel the pain and the angst of what they've you know gone through. Mm -hmm. But at some point you do have to say, what can I learn from this? And what was my role in it? You know, so, so I recently experienced some uh, very, very disturbing challenges with uh, employees. And mm-hmm. I had to decide, like, okay, so that was very discomforting. And it was not, there's some honesty issues. And, and what was my role in that? Well, it was like having my eye off the ball. Like, I wasn't willing to pay attention because I didn't want to do that. So that's my ownership. doesn't mean that I, I was responsible for them being dishonest, but right. I was taking my eye off the ball. And I think that's what the first thing you need to do is what is my ownership? And number two, what can I learn from this? And then, of course, number three is what am I going to do differently? Am I going to impact uh, my life differently? Because I've learned from this, it's not really in the best interest for me, for example, to take my eyes off things. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think too, one thing that helps me is like, if you back up when you're talking about perspective is I go back to what do I want my life to be about? I know that's broad, but like, if you're talking in a company, like what is the mission? What is my mission in my life? How do I want, 
you know, so that's a good perspective check too to back up and go, okay, wait a minute. How do I want to impact people? I don't really think anybody goes, I want to be the biggest downer in the room. I want to be the one who finds all the problems. I don't think people start that way. No, I would agree. I would agree. They may be it, but they really don't plan on being it. That's right. I like that. I, I like that thinking of what do I want my life to be about? Right. And so if I am being discouraging or negative about somebody or critical, is that what I want to be about? Right? Yeah. I love that. What can I, I mean, I almost think about like listeners, you know, I think it's really good for me. This is how like elementary I go with things. I write things down and put them on my mirror. Yes. What, what am I learning? You know, what do I want to be about? Because it's so easy to get that downward spiral of thinking. And right. then all of a sudden I'm blaming my, you know, my dad who's been dead right. 25 years. Right. Why my life is where it is. No, you're absolutely right about that. And typically uh, the other problem is we don't talk about it. So in no. our head, we're reinforcing our negative thinking. Yes. Because yes. often I, I find when I say it out loud, I'm like, whoa, that didn't sound good. <laughs> so right. it's almost like if you hear it, it's better. Or I, You talk about being simple, but I am sorry. My experience has been the sickest people are the most complex. If you want to be happy, be simple. Like it's so, mental health has become so construed and so complex for people that they're almost making themselves less happy and more sick. Instead of like, like you said, put it on your mirror. Like what is it you want to focus on? The example of that one girl who just said, I am beautiful. Or the individual I worked with who was really not offering much to life, he said, I am useful. And that became the mantra. It's very simple. It's not like complex and difficult and, you know, Einstein theories. It's very simple. But that's good mental health, by the way. And it also lets you kind of check yourself. Am I doing what I'm reading in my mirror? So I, I like that very much. I, I also, there's something that I, I picked up, I don't even know when it was, a while ago, and I was listening to a guy on a, on a um, I don't know what it was, a documentary or something. And they were talking about improv comedy and mm. how, and, and the pressure of improv comedy. Yes. And one of the things that they use is, is that um, the skill of saying yes. And so, you know, my house just blew up. Yes. And mm. what are we going to mm. do next? <laughs> and, I mean, really, it's, it's it's how they build these comedy things. Like it's a comedy yeah. uh, approach. Um, you can you can like really accept, yeah, accept the concrete reality about something, and then build on it by seeing what can be added or changed or improved. I mean, that's kind of what the whole idea was. Is like my kid just dropped my coffee cup. So a a, a comedian would go and and then they put on all these things that happen in our lives that are funny. Right. Yes, like yes. one after one after yes. one. Well, it just gives you perspective and yes. it, it adds to that perspective. But so I use yes. And a lot with my kids. Yes. I like, no, that's very good. It does lead to the next point, right? Rather than yes. staying stuck. Yeah. You can dismantle some thinking yes. and ideas about things. Um, and that be, have become habits. Well, like if you, people, if you're an, a more negative individual, you don't ever say, and you right. say my house blew up. That sucks. What am I going to do in my life now? Right. Yeah. Or, or somebody uh, stopped dating me or someone rejected me. If you go to the next, please. Okay. And what can I learn from that? What can I do with that? Yes. So yeah. I think that's a very positive, trick. healthy skill, very yeah. healthy skill. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. And if you're helping somebody, 
Like I like that, like you're helping your kids. I think if our listeners are thinking about that, maybe there's people in your life that you could say to them when they say something like that, like a concrete reality, right? And yes, and and lead the conversation forward. What do you mean, yes, and? It's miserable what I'm just sharing with you. I know, I know. Yes, and. And. <laughs> yeah. And it really frustrates people. You have to have some, you have to be pretty, like, you know, you got to get ready. You got to do a gut check because people are like, what do you mean? Can we sit in this for two years? Well, well and I, I'll be honest. Like I have had, especially blues who will say, I want to sit and wallow. I deserve it. Like what I am going through is miserable. I'm like, yeah. okay. Cause there are people that uh, blues in particular who often like to think about it, wallow in it. I just, I just feel it. I mean, I get it. I don't want to do that. I'm yellow. I don't have any interest in that. It doesn't make me happier or good, but I'm more likely to stay angry than I would be wallowing in something. Whereas right. they're, they're more likely to stay, um, what was me? Like, how could this have happened? I can't believe it happened for me, that kind of thing. But at one point, whether you're wallowing or angry, you've got to get on with your life or it owns you. And that's the thing I really want our listeners to understand. The minute you are giving power to whomever or whatever happened, like the tornado comes, rips your house out. If you're angry at God because he's in charge of tornadoes, I guess, or if you're angry at the tornado because it ruined your life, then you're not going to be able to move to the next step. And the next step is yes and, okay, and you move forward. You look for ways now to deal with what you have experienced. And so you, you choose your time frame. I was talking to a woman the other day who I adore. She's yellow. She's delightful. She's engaging. And she's, she goes, I, life's way better for me than it should be, but it is. And she, has, she married a really bad guy, and her kids have been traumatized from him because of that. And her one daughter is traumatized such that she is stuck. And when I was talking to uh, this woman, she was saying it's, What's hard for me is I don't do that in my life. I, I mean, I got angry at him for five years. I was miserable that I'd married this jerk, but she was, I realized it's on me. I didn't see it. I did it. It's on me. I get it. And after that, I moved on. I'm done. Yes. And it's hard for her with her daughter who seems so stuck, who won't let it go. And, and actually goes back to the person who traumatized them. That's another thing for our listeners to consider. If you've been traumatized by someone Stop going back to the person who traumatizes you. Like, don't do the things. This, this, this young woman will literally go back to her dad and work with him, and he'll get angry and yell at her and throw her out of the car in the middle of nowhere in a city she doesn't belong in. I mean, it, he'll do traumatic things to her today, and she still seeks that approval, still wants him to be okay with her. And so if, you, if you've been with the wrong person or had a wrong experience, like a work situation. If you've gone to the company that was not legitimate and you gave them your heart and soul and they took advantage of you, yeah, move on. Don't stay there and, and get stuck. Um, that's not in your best interest or anyone's best interest. That's like what's happening today. You know, when people are pretending they're working, but they're not, I, I just, to me, it's, in, <laughs> it's beyond words for me. I can't even comprehend the mental health of that, but they will stay because they want to do vengeance. They want to get revenge. Yeah on the employer. So they take a paycheck, but they don't do the work. And that's like you as listeners living your life, but not doing life. You're stuck. So you're going through the emotions of the day, but you're not living life. Right. When you're, when you're working with people, Taylor, what you've, you know, companies or individuals, when you say move on, 
what do you see as, I mean, moving on isn't just as easy as decide. I mean, you first you have to decide to move on and then sometimes it's even hard, right? Yes. Yeah, the attitude's so, got to shift first though. It's got to so, be a, so that's a what I'm just going to ask you. So, so attitude shifting looks like what, if I was going to try to, if I was going to try to dissect this, oh sure. It's easy to say, just move on. But my dad just dropped me off in the middle of the city and left or, you know, whatever right. people are saying. Right. What do you what do you say about that? How do you help people through that? Okay, I, I'm a big action person. So if you say you're sincere about doing something, you have to then do it. So she should not get back in a car with her dad, period. That uh-huh. would be a great way of kind of setting in motion a change, a different perspective. Right. I want people to, our listeners, I want you to think about this. Like, if I'm going to do life differently than I've done it because it didn't work, that's why you're in trauma, right? Right. How will you do it differently now? When I'm talking to somebody, I have a young man, for example, that's, that's not dating well because he doesn't feel confident. And mm-hmm. so he withdraws from that thinking no one's going to want him. He'll be alone the rest of his life. Well, that's not going to make a girl interested in him. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so I said to him, you know, everything you'd make about is you. It's never about them. You're always making it about you. Why don't you just make the effort to make the, a good evening for them? Help them have a good time with you. Stop worrying about whether they're going to like you, whether they're going to marry you, whether someone's going to care for you. Stop thinking about you and focus on making for them a wonderful evening. Make that your commitment. So that's the kind of thing that I recommend to people. Start doing things action-oriented that will actually enhance the possibility of success. Do right. something different. Do something. There's another thing for your mirror. Do something different. <laughs> it, you know, it's sad to say, but I, it always amazes me how people get stuck in these ruts of thinking and behaving that don't bring them any kind of real success, but they don't mm-hmm. seem to want to own that and then change it up. I'm not saying, for example, it's easy. I am not saying that change is always easy. I don't believe that for a lot of people. But I do believe that if you know what you're doing doesn't work, then you should change it up. And maybe it's just like something like simple, like dress differently, or maybe it's take a class that you've never taken before. People will say to me, what if I fail? Like, what if I'm horrible at it? I'm like, you're already failing. Like your life's not working. So why would you not say, okay, that's true. I, I'll just do a different, I'll do something different because what I'm doing isn't working. That's what I wish they would take that mindset of. But it takes humility, by the way, Kat. There's people that can't be humble enough to say my life isn't working, but they'll sit there for 45 minutes in my office and complain that their life doesn't work. So when I say, well, clearly it's not working, they'll say, well, not completely. I mean, that's not really totally true. Or when I say, why don't we try something different? They'll go, I, I can't do that. I'm like, okay, you're, what you're telling me is you're not happy, but you're not willing to do something different to make your life happy. Right, right. I'm not laughing at people. I'm laughing because you're like talking to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I do that. <laughs> oh, I think we all do it. It's a crazy thing. And but are you humble enough to hear it, though, right? That's, that's oh, the piece, right? For sure. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, and I, and I think when you're like, it really is funny. I love that. Like the story I'm telling myself about this is that's helped me a lot, you know, everywhere. Like I'm telling myself this story about the person who didn't call me back, the way yes. that lady looked at me. Uh, yes. the way Taylor said this, yes. you know, I mean, and I, you can tell yourself these stories. And I think that the more your mindset is, is negative. These stories are always negative. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100%. That is so true. Well, it's interesting. And also if you're running with friends, 
that are not helping you, like all they're doing is feeding your, your, your negative thinking. It's kind of like yeah. that, that great story of when you go in to buy a blueberry. I love blueberries. So yeah. you go to the store, you buy a blueberry, and you happen to see one of them is um, getting old. And it's not looking great. Now, what's your first thought when you see that if you're going to buy the, the box of blueberries? There, there's probably more bad ones in there. <laughs> Excellent. Why would I buy the one with the bad blueberry and bring it home and be surprised when there's others that have problems the next day? Why, why would I be surprised <laughs> at that? But people tend to carry around with them these people that are like bad blueberries. They're not going to help your life. They're going to make you get uh, gross as well. It's not going to work. So find fresh perspective. Find people who are outdoing, going, being upbeat, positive, and let them change your perspective. Let them help you see things differently. I do think that one of the biggest problems I have with people is they cannot see. They just can't see what they're doing to themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's the bad blueberry. So don't, don't surround yourself with other bad blueberries. You just, you're going to get stuck and moldy. So, well, that's so good. I, you know, a, a while ago, it's been a, a, quite a while ago because I just remember in groups of um, when girls go out sometimes, like yeah. groups of women, like your women friends, right? Yep. And there was a group that I was hanging out with. And and when we would get together, we would go and we would chat and it inevitably ended up that, that it was like how crappy their husbands were. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I sat there and I chatted and then I found myself looking for the flaws in Paco yeah. to have a story. Right. So I could be a part of and belong. Oh, that's good. Communicate with them. Yeah. And to communicate with them, be part of it. So I felt part of it. And I was driving home and I felt so terrible. And it's like, I have like the greatest husband. I mean, and I'm like, and I just dissed him all night. Like, you know, to belong belong to this group of people who that women, that's what they did. They just, it was just part of their shtick. That's so good. so I didn't, I didn't go anymore. And one of them finally asked me and I told him, I said, you know, I'm just uncomfortable and it's hard enough. You know, marriage is hard, right? Everyone right. knows marriage is hard. Right. And so for me to come home after all this negative talk and this filter of I'm looking for his bad so I can be part part of a group who I don't sleep with or even live with, by right. the way. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, it's just, it was just amazing to me. So I stopped hanging out with them and that was hard. It was hard not to belong to them. a great point because you enjoyed them. It was fun to be I, there. I, I did. And the stories were funny, yes. but nevertheless, it was still uh, derogatory and cutting down a negative husband bashing. Yes. Well, what I love about that is, you know, you gave up one thing for something better. It was yes. actually eroding your marriage by staying there. And they probably, all of them are still seeing each other and they're all still doing it. And I, and they probably have no idea what it's doing to their marriage. And you would think the marriage is more important than belonging to that group. Right. Well, belonging is a biggie though, isn't it? It's a big one. I think, I think that, if, well, so here's another part. If you don't feel like you belong to your husband, then right. you almost justify it even more. So, well, at least I feel like I belong here. Right. Absolutely. But then the beauty of what you said was I wanted the good marriage. I have a great husband. Why am I not, Focusing on that as opposed to belonging here. That's a big, well, the question is this. So are we paying attention to what's really important? Mm -hmm. Are we doing those things that lift and promote, right? So I said to a client recently, um, I want you to write a paragraph uh, every morning on why you love your wife. 
He goes, that paragraph? How about a sentence? I said, no. I want a paragraph every morning. He okay, goes, three sentences. Yeah, 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 three sentences. And he was, it was so funny because he was saying, I can't think of what I would do to write. I, are, are you oh. kidding me? And I said, well, okay, oh. okay, we, we have some real problems. So what happened was he had developed a, um, a flow, a narrative about his wife yep. that fed him. And so for him to have to flip the switch and change the narrative was, was so overwhelming that he was like, maybe a sentence. I don't think I could do a paragraph. I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> no, you got to do a paragraph. I want at least three sentences every morning. He goes, every single morning? I'm like, buddy, you're like a cranky old um, piece of equipment that doesn't, doesn't work very well. I'm going to take some oil and grease you up a little bit. And the way you do that is you start thinking about what's right about this person in my life, not what's wrong. He goes, but you know how the problems that I have with her. You know what she does. I said, I'm telling you, there is a lot of good stuff this woman does you're not talking about. I realize the bad is true. I'm not telling you it's not accurate. I'm telling you it's all you look at. You're not mm-hmm. looking at the good. So I think it's important for our listeners to start thinking about, am I focusing on things that are enhancing the quality of my life or am I not? And have I justified it for so long that I've kind of made it okay for me to think that way? And if I'm damaging people, like not lifting them up, that's on me. That's my work to do. And you do understand, I hope, as listeners, every time you do the right thing does not mean you get a, a right reward. It doesn't just always come back. That. Right? Yeah, I just think. Well, and if you're doing it for that, what do you call it? Like strings? Like oh, yeah. Strings. Yeah, if yeah. you have strings attached, it for sure won't work. Because nobody wants to feel they owe you because you're lifting them up. They want to feel like it's genuine and yeah. because you feel that way. I want our listeners to really think about who in my life has brought me trauma and what have I learned from it and what was my responsibility in it. And then I love the concept of yes and. So mm-hmm. when things are difficult, yes, that's true. That did happen. That person mm-hmm. did say that. That did go on. Mm-hmm. And what's the next part of the story? Maybe picture yourself like a comedian on stage. You've got yeah. to come up with something positive out of the negative. That's a way to think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, listeners. Thank you, Kat. Oh. It's been a great uh, being with you again, as always. Listeners, Taylor. we love you, and we appreciate your commitment to mental health. We'll talk to you next yes. week. Bye now. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Hey, Color Code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.